enemies are innovative and resourceful, and so are we. They never stop thinking about new ways to harm our country and our people, and neither do we. Whether long-range weapon or suicide bomb, a wicked mind is a weapon of mass destruction. Whether your solar will sun or BBC One, this information is a weapon of mass destruction. You could a Caucasian or a poor Asian. Racism is a weapon of mass destruction. Whether inflation or globalization, fear is a weapon of mass destruction. AM 950, the progressive voice of Minnesota, Hunter Haas and Eric Nelson, here with you. For Mission Accomplishers, Mission Accomplishers, baby, podcast, broadcast, hybrid. So uh, we're on here every Saturday at 7 p.m. And uh, subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. Yeah, and recently Facebook Live at like mm, 5.40. <laughs> we, uh, we, we, we don't have a set time we do these. Technically it's pre-recorded, but barely. Barely pre-recorded this week. Just in case I slip up and use a word I'm not supposed to. Yeah, yeah. He he's a little loose today. He's he's got the drinking the style technique going for today's show. Mm-hmm. What's what's your drinking old fashioned? An old fashioned, a bourbon old fashioned. So what is an old fashioned? An old fashioned starts with a simple syrup. Essentially water and sugar. Did you make that yourself upstairs with the coffee? I made it myself with the water and the sugar from the coffee. From yeah. The, yeah, that's what I mean. Mm-hmm. That's yeah, coffee condiments. That's a good point. Coffee <laughs> condiments. Um, yeah, so there's about like 10 empty packages uh-huh. and uh, <laughs> some orange rind. You got to be very careful not to get the pith. Yeah, you, you used your stagehand razor blade to cut up this orange. Mm-hmm. And if you'll notice, very, you only want the orange part. You don't want the white, which is considered the pith. The rind okay. and the pith are distinguishable. Okay. The I've pith never, will make it I've never bitter. even heard of a, a pith. The pith contains all the um, oils that you associate with the odor oh, of an orange. The, okay, and that's important for the drink, I know. The, mm-hmm. the botanicals. It's, yes, it's very important. Just, <laughs> okay. It's yeah. everything, Hunter. <laughs> all right, and then what's it made out of? And then it's the, I mean, the backing of the drink is... It can be any sort of whiskey, but I think that bourbon is typically considered the best. And you got Crown Royal? Any Crown special Royal bourbon. Kind? Just the regular Crown Royal? It was in nope. a white bag. It's the Well, typically Crown Royal is not bourbon. It's um, Canadian whiskey, whatever that is, probably rye. Yeah, yeah, that sounds right. And then, um, so I got the bourbon version. I had never seen it before. Wanted to try mm. it out. Oh. And you know, the like, Angora bitters. Yeah, you brought a whole, it is like drinking the style here today, because you brought a whole setup in just like an hour ago, ice, bitters, booze, and uh, orange. orange peels all over the place. Blood orange, I can see it here. Mm-hmm. Red orange. The uh, Blood oranges are fantastic. I know. The clerk was, did not believe there was an item called the blood orange. It's like, well, your store sells it, man. I don't Absolutely. Know sell you. <laughs> We're really getting into this, but you, you, you I, I want to just—you got this at the the grocery store. They had a what a liquor store attachment. The ones and Byerly's, yeah. There's a liquor store like right next to it. Because well, we were in Wisconsin last weekend, and uh, oh yeah, they have liquor stores just in the gas station. But Minnesota, we got strict liquor laws, so yeah, I don't think uh, that, considered... that's a new thing coming up where they got the built-in liquor stores in the uh, grocery stores. Yeah, I don't think they consider liquor stores in Wisconsin. Like, because you'll go to a gas station mm-hmm. and it'll be, they'll just be selling bo- yeah, hard full, liquor. 
full liquor sales. Mm -hmm. I don't know if there's any restrictions. Wisconsin has very, very loose liquor laws. That's the place you can drink with your parents, right? Like, if you're under 21, I don't know if you still can, but at one point when we were alive... That was always like the urban legend. I think it was actually a law. I'll have to look into it, but I know lots of people who did do it. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. I know know that whenever I went, I thought for the longest time that drinking a beer while you were driving was legal in Wisconsin. Just because every (laughs) time I was there, someone (laughs) was doing it. Wait, it's not? No. Oh. I thought it was similar to, I think it's Alabama, where as long as you're below the limit, it's legal. I know in Louisiana, they have uh, drive-through bars, actually, that give you to-go cups that you can have in your car legally. I don't understand it. They, it. It has to be styrofoam and cat. It has to be styrofoam? Yeah, it has to be styrofoam because it works that way with the bars, too, that you can bring your drinks to go. Uh, one of the only places where you can walk around with uh, just liquor on the streets and it's not illegal, but you can, uh, to some extent, have it in your car. Oh, no. It, what it is, is you have to have it uh, a styrofoam cup with a cap and a piece of tape over the top. But oh, you can right. drive around with it as long as it's not unsealed. And then when you get out of the car, you can uh, put a straw in and drink it. See, I think I've seen the same thing. And it also is allowed if you have, you know, uh, the paper of a straw? Yeah. Like the straw, the yeah. paper wrapped around it. Just leave the paper around the top of the straw. Mm. You can rip it off <laughs> that, all over. And they put it in and they can still consider that, it And sealed. that qualifies as legal? Yeah, I believe so. That and that's such a you could do fast maneuver, put it on quick, like like when you're getting pulled over for a seatbelt. Just who would do that? In. Yeah, who would do that? Not none of our listeners. They're honest folk. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, this fits in well. There's a Vice article. Friends might be avoiding you because of your drinking habits, and uh, I'd have to say that's true because I've stopped drinking. I no longer have friends. Yeah, that's actually kind of true. <laughs> that's a good angle to take. It's probably not the point of the article. Yeah, the, the article is a picture of a guy with a vodka bottle that he's just chugging down. Uh, yeah. the, I read it and I go, yeah, absolutely true. That is, I mean, but I think most, I don't know. We probably <laughs> lost those friends a long time ago, or at least they're not in a regular rotation. Yeah. <laughs> um. Okay, the other thing, I meant to talk to Matt about this yesterday, because, as you know, Matt's a fish fry connoisseur. And, he uh, loves the seasonal Lent. Yes, the, 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 uh, it is the fish fry season right now. And uh, yesterday was Friday, uh, and he was going to a fish fry, but I didn't get the chance to do this. But So on my way here, I saw this sign in question that I'm going to bring up. And uh, what they're advertising is fish fry every day during Lent. And I don't think you can call it a fish fry if you're doing it every day. Because if you do that, then McDonald's is having a fish fry every day. A fish fry is a specific thing. A fish fry is a Friday fish fry where you're serving up big portions of fish that day. You're, you're doing something special. Your fryers are reserved for the frying of the fish that day. Not throwing in the chickens and the french fries like you always do. You're having a fish fry. What do you think about that? Yeah, I think this kind of goes along with a thing I've thought about, which is when people say like, Oh, McDonald's breakfast all day. No. They're just serving 
breakfast foods all day.、Mm-hmm. You can only、mm-hmm. have breakfast in the morning.、Yeah. If you're eating other foods at the lunch at night, it's not breakfast. But what if you just woke up? That would be your breakfast. No, then you are a.、Uh, and I'm not putting it down. I'm just. <laughs> you don't deserve breakfast. Yeah. <laughs> um, have you ever done this move?、Uh, When I, you don't have to do the whole thing, but where you get the, the breakfast、uh, from staying up all night. Yeah. And what, what I would do when I lived in New York is one time I was taking a, a cab home and、uh, I had the cab go through the White Castle drive through because it was breakfast time then and we got drive through and then went home. Ooh, that's the, the one secret breakfast is the White Castle、it、breakfast.、Is. Absolutely. Real life. I'm glad you know about that.、Mm-hmm. Which is like, Okay, White Castle is pretty terrible, everything, but their breakfast is surprisingly high quality. Absolutely. You know why? It's because they use. Because they're very lazy and they haven't updated anything. Well, they use the same、uh, fryers for the eggs as the hamburger, so you get the grease in it.、Uh, it's different than other fast food places. That's why, though, it has.、Uh, White Castle breakfast is. Definitely the best fast food breakfast. Well, I just know that they use actual eggs as opposed to. Have you ever seen them pull out those multi gallon jugs of just、um, mixed egg? Yeah. It's. Yeah, gross. Repulsive. Yeah. I know, and that's most of the fast food breakfast.、Um, it's, I think, like all of them that I can think of.、Mm-hmm. Yeah, White Castle, definitely the superior breakfast. And they don't pull that. Breakfast all day. You have to get there early and very early at White Castle. Yeah, you got to earn it. Yeah, White Castles are like、uh, the right time to eat White Castle breakfast is five in the morning, whether it's you staying up all night or waking up early. Yeah, if you're, it, there's only two ways of doing it. If you're entirely sober, there's no excuse to be eating White Castle. And I say that with the addendum that being up past 5 a.m. Is not sober. Is not sober. You Absolutely. are inebriated. I totally in agree with you. I totally, because、uh, when I've been hanging out with you guys and staying up all night, it, it feels like a hangover basically the next day because you're putting your body just through a taxing experience. Yeah. I suspect that most of the negative effects of hangovers are just the、Exhaustion. lifestyle of yeah,、mm-hmm. running once for the month. <laughs> Dancing, your first、mm-hmm. exercise.、Um, well, since we're on this fast food, this, this fits in.、Um, I'd like to announce my resignation from the DSA because of two things I saw this week.、Uh, we'll go first. This is a, this is a clickhole article.、Um, means it's not true. But I'm taking it as true because it resonates with me. But Bernie Sanders has become staunchly capitalist after tasting Mountain Dew Code Red and learning it was made by a corporation. Bernie, my man. I have the same exact feelings a lot of times about the、um, variety of fast food.、Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where I hope that there's still an outlet for individuals who want to make cheap, crappy food for a lot of people. We need to hear an answer from you, socialists. What's the plan for fast food in a socialist society? I mean, I can give you my distillation、right, of this of idea. This,、right. Yeah, I think this is the main thing I think about is how we could make this, <laughs>、uh, these two concepts、uh, cooperate with、okay. each other. I'm, I'm interested. I、That's, mean, there's not a lot to it other、like、than. Precisely what this show is for. Other than that, it's my central tenet that 
there should be an outlet for people's creative freedom and free yeah. enterprise uh-huh. that isn't just entirely based on you put the capital down, you wreak all the profits. Mm-hmm. So then you're only going to get people who love it. You're going to get the true passionate fans. True, and there are those people. Mm-hmm. But where do you get the employees? The employees? Well, it would... My idea in a classless society, or at least a society working towards class, it would not be as humiliating to be working for a fast food company. Yeah, okay. Where you're still serving a common good. I mean, everyone... And you would have some sort of say in how it's uh, it's run, the decisions made, it would feel like yours? Uh, maybe. Your, your own uh, restaurant? Yeah, as long as it's or stuck. no, just an employee. I'm just wondering, like, oh, where yeah. you get because fast working fast food. I absolutely hate it, and I I hate my life when I do it. Uh, I feel no purpose and get very depressed whenever yeah, I've, I've done a, it in my life. I think a lot of that is the cultural um, perception of the fast food employee mm-hmm. that it's you know you don't get paid well. You don't get paid near, when you think about how much money yeah. is coming into a fast food restaurant. Oh, I know it's and it's, how much of you're seeing. You'll might see a, all of these things make you quarter. furious. They in make a, you furious when in an hour. There. You'll see a quarter of a single order coming towards your paycheck, and I think it is as when you start getting paid like a fair wage for something. Mm-hmm. At least speaking from my own perspective, you start to feel valued, mm-hmm. and you start Absolute, to be like, okay, yeah. yeah, I actually am doing all this work, and all these people are enjoying my product, so. So, okay, so your your vision of fast food under socialism is that the real deal, the uh, the connoisseurs of fast food would be running the marketplace. The people who had passion for this, so you would potentially yeah, people, get people much better it. places and not, uh, it, it most likely wouldn't be the system we have now of just franchises everywhere where any city in America is... You cannot distinguish from another because it's the same businesses everywhere. Exactly, dude. Nationalized Burger King. This is the central point of my socialism. Because Burger King offers a pretty good product, and it's terribly run because it's entirely owned by franchises with no Mm -hmm. oversight. Yeah, we talked about Burger King last week. So good callback, yeah, about how it's falling apart. Okay. It's a big thing on my mind recently. Yeah, Burger Kings are... uh, they're a mess, but okay. This brings me to item two: why I'm resigning from the DSA. Uh, oh, give me a second. I got to pull this up. Uh, Eric, keep talking about Burger King for a second. Okay. One thing that I'll say: Burger King has no clear message or mission that they're aiming towards. They were kind of trying to be second fiddle McDonald's for a long time. Yeah. And then a lot of other things crept up into their place. If you're just trying to be an imitation of something, there's other companies that are going to do parts of that better than the original company. All right. Burger so, King can't do that with anything except maybe the Whopper. What happened this week was uh, it's Ultra Music Festival in Miami, the big electronic music festival that takes place each year. Probably one of the biggest music festivals that happens these days. Coachella, Ultra, Lollapalooza. It's on that scale. Big cultural event. What happened was KFC bought Colonel Sanders a slot on Ultra Music Festival, and we got a Colonel Sanders DJ. Oh, Kentucky! Sorry, where? Miami? We can really? talk over this, too. No, I'm, I don't know. I don't want to ruin yeah. the article. Hello, Miami! So this guy is wearing a Colonel Sanders suit, a Colonel Sanders giant hat. How was this, like, promoted? Was it on the 
bill of the I don't know about that. And then the backdrop is a bunch of KFC imagery going on. Very intense. It looks like, yeah, people are getting into it. The song is kind of nice. Some of this is lost in translation if you can't see the weird, uh, uh, whatever, Colonel Sanders mascot that they have. Yeah, that's why we're pros, pros at broadcasting. We're, we're announcing as it plays. Uh, but yeah, uh, Colonel Sanders headlining Ultra Music Festival, a bot slot from uh, KFC Corporation, uh, along with Bernie Sanders, loving cold red Mountain Dew. I'm a capitalist now, folks. Yeah, they're doing a good job doing capitalism because I don't know how much of a hate for the spot at Ultra Music Festival. But now people in Minnesota are talking about them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yep. Yep. Capitalism's the way of the future. Um we're 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 team let's see, who's the best capitalist? Uh Rich Uncle Pennybanks. Yeah, probably Scrooge McDuck in my Scrooge opinion. Scrooge McDuck. We're diving into gold coins now. Pools of gold coins. That's the look of 2019 summer coming up, folks. Do your Scrooge McDuck diving into the gold. We got KFC DJs, Code Red Bernie. Capitalism is hot this summer. Yeah, liquidate your Bitcoins, turn them into pennies, fill up a kiddie pool with pennies, and jump off your deck. So, um... You uh, you just mentioned Bitcoin. Uh, you got any hot cryptocurrency takes? Yeah. Do not buy anything. Yeah. That's what I was thinking you were going to say. And uh, people, because Bitcoin had such a huge rise kind of out of the blue, uh, everyone's trying to get that next wave. But there's a bunch of uh, basically gimmick cryptocurrencies I'd say, to trick people, entice them into doing this, correct? Yeah, there's probably some cute names out on the internet for them, like gimmick coins, uh, fake coins, something like that. I remember. But there's a lot of stuff, basically, that is designed entirely for the libertarian guy who thinks, oh, I missed out. Yeah. But I still want to strike it rich. Mm-hmm. So what is the next thing coming out? Yeah, yeah. So I agree with you. Uh, investing in any sort of crypto is... Uh, Right now, bad idea. And I I don't like being so negative on crypto because I do think that it is a technology you, that y- shows promise. Mm-hmm. But yeah. a lot of these coins have no novel technology behind them. Mm-hmm. They just solely exist. They're pre-mined, so a handful of people already own all the Bitcoins, and they're reselling them to people. And who profits from this, though? Whoever designed this coin. I don't yeah, know. So there's... Whoever's behind the publicity of Ethereum. Yeah, okay. Um, yeah, it is those libertarian types that are all buying into it, thinking they're going to get rich from doing this, and they're all losing what little money they have. These young, misguided, young libertarians. Speaking of libertarians, 
it's crazy how many people think that John McAfee is sincere and honest to that this Bitcoin's day. Bitcoin's going to go to a million dollars? Yeah, it is. Uh, I remember like a year ago he was saying, before the actual Bitcoin bubble it popped. Yeah. When it was just up, 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 up. Well, it's, it's a genius uh uh, campaign strategy he goes if i'm elected bitcoin will 100 percent be one million dollars oh he must have changed his original promise that that's yeah it was a couple i, I did on the other show i uh, talked about that but that's his campaign promise now that if he's elected when he take by the time he first day of office it'll be one million dollars oh thank you for the promise john mcafee <laughs> i mean what like i think earlier he said that he would sever his penis from his body and consume it He's going to eat his own uh, member. His own Andrew Wang. But uh, as we're talking about libertarians, next month is the Minnesota Libertarian Party State Convention. And uh, me and Eric just became aware of this, and we reached out to get press passes for mission accomplishers. Uh, the Libertarian Party Convention takes place on a Saturday night in April we want to do a show from the Libertarian Party Convention of Minnesota. And, uh, I can't wait. I want to soak it all in. I want to see what the Libertarians have to offer. Uh, I hope that it's something like the National Convention. Yeah, I'm sure we've already talked about the National Convention. Yeah, and the, the it's just complete, absurd, uh, off-the-wall views very radical, very radical libertarian views that are mainstream at this convention. They're As radical, convention. They're, I would argue that they're no longer libertarians. They're just entirely against any sort of government. Yes, and that, and that's the norm at these conventions. Or someone like Gary Johnson, who has like legitimate policy ideas, is booed because like uh, his take on driver's licenses. You like that uh, story? Yeah. Well, yeah, in the debate, when everyone's, they say, uh, how do you feel about driver's licenses? Every, it goes row, uh, person by person down the row to, like, past a nude man. <laughs> everyone's saying, nope, don't like it. Is this Woo! Nazi Germany? Woo! I'd rather, you know, uh, sign up my children into slavery. Woo! And then Gary Johnson just says... I'd like to see some level of aptitude, and then just the Boo. crowd goes nuts with this. So I hope the Minnesota Libertarians get worked up like that, because we're trying to do a mission accomplishers from the convention. Uh, I haven't gotten approved yet. I hope they haven't looked into me, because <laughs> uh, I was kind of making fun of the Libertarians as soon as I got the idea. So Yeah, I mean, this I, entire I thing is a joke on the Libertarians, right? I hope right? they didn't... Uh, research me and I jeopardize the passes because we're not going to pay for this Libertarian Party convention but we do want to be there we do want to cover it yeah. I'm very and interested I, the thing in is it like, and I, I will be like uh, I'll give them a chance I'll take it in and I'll, I'll, I'll be honest of what I take back but I do want to have fun with it and uh, like see any lunacy that yeah. happens too and the thing is I consider myself somewhat of a Libertarian I do, too, on state issues. But I do not consider myself in any way associated with the Libertarian Party. Absolutely. I'm, uh, 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 there needs to be another rise of just some sort of uh, left-wing, even like Democratic Party uh, libertarianism, where there, there's just uh, 
less not creating laws for the sake of laws. That's usually where I find myself, especially with in state government. I don't like creating uh, unnecessary laws to solve uh, issues that aren't big concerns or that raise the level of uh, potential criminality in people who aren't criminals. Like when we're legislating morality or just general behavior. Yeah, but the libertarian, the term, has been hijacked by right-wing libertarians. Well, it was originally coined by a socialist. Yes, absolutely it was. I mean, that that's the history. Well, th- this has to do with just all of America's terms are backwards to what they mean in the rest of the world. And yeah, this is another example of it. Uh, but they, yeah, the the Libertarian Party, uh, it, it before Ron Paul's rise, I think there was a, a chance that the, the National Libertarian Party and th- that movement could be interesting and could be allies of people who champion causes like our own. Yeah, uh, but it has completely morphed into this ridiculous party of so-called principles of just abolishment. Yeah, I'm not super familiar with the Libertarian Party before, you know, Ron Paul's original run for presidency. Yeah. But I know like if someone I'm a big fan of is Murray Bookchin, who considers oh, yeah. himself somewhat of a leftist socialist or anarchist mm-hmm. thing. Uh but he spoke at a couple libertarian uh conferences. Yeah. And he he would have no place these days. Mhm. And then uh, Noam Chomsky uh, considers himself a libertarian socialist mm-hmm. as his ideology, um, kind of the face of that in the modern movement. Uh, even the DSA in the Twin Cities has a libertarian socialist branch nowadays, um, which we heard some. Well, I won't get into that, but yeah, it's uh, it, libertarianism evil. has a, a left. Left-wing history, which has been hijacked by the right in America. Yeah. I think what I've always been frustrated with is people who fail to recognize the level of control exerted on them by their employers. Mm -hmm. Where, okay, on a day-to-day interaction, who's going to affect you more? Random government officials or your boss who Mm -hmm. doesn't let you... Go to another bathroom break during the day. Mm-hmm. That's way more control over your life. When you're worried about what you're posting on Facebook, are you worried the government's going to come arrest you? Mm-hmm. Or are you worried about coworkers seeing it? Yeah. Good point. Well, maybe, uh, speaking of Facebook, this week Facebook bans white nationalism and white separatism. That's the distinction. White separatism. Uh, in a major policy swift for the world's biggest social media network, Facebook banned white nationalism and white separatism on its platform Tuesday. Facebook will also begin directing users who try to post content associated with those ideologies to a nonprofit that helps people leave hate groups. Uh, but uh, two, two libertarians, these are the ones, they're always the ones complaining about things like this happening to when major corporations ban certain areas of speech, but they're also the ones championing that corporations should be the one that decide all this. So like a company is able to write its terms of services, they can choose what kind of content they want to allow or not allow. Um, and Facebook's made the decision to ban white nationalism and white separatism 
which I'm in favor of because these shootings have become way too common and they uh, 95% of the time they seem to be associated with people radicalized on the internet over white nationalism ideas. Yeah, I don't know if I necessarily agree with you. While if we are at the place that we are, where a corporation like Facebook has far too much control over the public sphere of public opinion, mm -hmm. I guess, yeah, they should be outlawing these things. And wait, 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 but you said you disagree. I, 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 I don't like that. A, what. I don't like that a corporation has all this control. Yeah. Well, I'm not. I'm, I, a, I'm against. I'm against. Okay, let me just say this. I'm against uh, you know white nationalism. I'm for nationalizing Facebook. Yeah, I was about to say the same thing. Um, so I agree with you there. My my point was only tying to how the libertarians and cognitive dissonance that goes on with them sometimes. Oh yeah, that's just the SJWs. The SJW libertarians. Yeah, the SJWs don't like getting shot. No. <laughs> oh, oh yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, but something's gonna happen. I, I'm sick of this, and uh, they try and cover it with white identitarian nowadays. They they're, they're rebranding racism, um, but it, this new move is uh, blocking all that from the platform of Facebook now. My only concern is that they did remove all of my pictures from the Blue State Ball. <laughs> <laughs> Uh oh, maybe two people will understand uh -oh. that. Oh, <laughs> um, but when you say "uh oh," it makes it sound worse. I was just talking about I'm wearing an all-white outfit. <laughs> I did make it sound way worse. <laughs> <laughs> I was in my uh, Nazi regalia. <laughs> yeah, Eric was looking very snazzy at the Blue State Ball this year. Uh, I had a bit of a, a mental crisis over it. I'm not used to being outdressed to such a degree. I did it because of you, Hunter. You said you had uh, outfit changes during the thing. And then I got you too stressed. You had wardrobe changes. And then I got too stressed. I was just going to stick with my uh, my tracksuit. Yeah, he got the flyest outfit possible. And then you returned it, right? <laughs> mm, yes. You, you were able to? Oh, well, I lost the job that I was gonna work at <laughs> a leather uh, all-white suit what well well uh, no that's it that can't be true according to the macy's company it is what you've lost what job the hypothetical job that i had okay, that i used that, as an excuse okay sorry it seemed real for a second it is real hunter israel mm -hmm. oh damn <laughs> um, this is getting conspiratorial I just want to reserve my right to do another one of these transactions at Macy's. Oh, absolutely. Take advantage of corporations and their return policies because the only reason that they exist is to take out small businesses in the area who can't compete. So businesses set this up to intentionally take a loss because they can cover their bases uh, by knowing that they will take out enough small businesses who can't provide the same Policy, especially like they're running lines of credit through Macy's. Yeah, all that. how do you think that's funded? Mm -hmm. And Target, I heard that their main profit is those credit cards. Which oh yeah, is ridiculous. I believe it. Also, I saw that uh, banks last year made six billion dollars from uh, overdraft fees alone. So that's six billion dollars that came from people not having money. Yeah. Is that a These specific bank? Because that doesn't even seem like that much. Um, I, see, I don't know the details. I only saw the the, the, the uh, headline on it in a, in a group. Uh, but 
friends. Well, one of your groups. Yeah, one of my groups, which are very unreliable. I should quit. Stop using information from the groups. It gives that's you how the I... boomer experience. <laughs> I reserve it to just this show. Yeah, keep the real juicy tidbits. Like, can you believe that John Kerry once walked on the moon, but the government covered it up? Uh, um, I was going to go somewhere, but... Um, Israel. Birthright. So, this afternoon they had an anti-war march uh, in um, South Minneapolis that we were promoting on the station. Doug Paget went down there, and um, Mark from Fridley went down there as well, and um, I'm not sure if he accomplished this, but his goal was to start a chant... All about the Benjamin's baby. So uh, he was trying to get that on the news. So I'll have to tune in and see if he was able to do that. Because he was saying war is all about the Benjamins. Hmm. But I, I liked that. That was funny. I laughed when that was his goal when he called and told us about that. Yeah. Um, He's a character. I enjoy yeah. Mark. Yeah, we saw we saw Mark in person uh, I know. this They're, week. In a very short span of time, he frightened both me and Hunter twice <laughs> um and if you want to see me in person come to uh david schultz talk bernie sanders and the future of democratic socialism in american politics on tuesday april 16th that's taking place at uh anderson center that's at hamlin college 774 snelling avenue north in st paul i'll be giving a talk on the rise of left-wing media going on in the country but just can't plug that yeah are you all right it sounded like you were like holding something into your body while you said those words mm, I'm seven, seven, four yeah i almost said uh seven 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 uh, that got on my mind and then i had to change the th i was four i got a good uh number joke for you for april fools yeah april just fools between, is on just Monday. between me and you all right what is it when you're given a number, let's say it's four. Mm -hmm. You do four. Teen. Say it delayed like that, they got to put another one in there. And when do you use this? When's a good time to use this? Whenever you're saying a number. Four. Teen. Either you give them the wrong number or you give them the right number and they have to scratch something out. Yeah, let's see. Nine, five, two, nine, four, teen. Six, six, two, zero, five. See, they already wrote it down. Like, oh, I got to do it again. I got to do it again. Uh, should we? We should come up with some April Fool's pranks on Monday. Yeah. I well, I've already got a good one mm -hmm. that I've used so many times and no one notices, and it probably just cost me more money in electric bills. <laughs> but uh, replace all of someone's light bulbs with the brightest ones they have at Fleet Farm. Oh, just that a is a hundred fifty watt, you know, clear glass just blinding hurts your eyes to be in your yeah. peripheral vision. Yeah, that that's a all funny the, one. All the people I've done it to don't say anything to me and then I'll check back like months later and it's still there, but they'll yeah. like hang up a <laughs> Those are the right people to yeah. do this to. They'll hang up a like kind of a little rigged up towel or something in front of the light. <laughs> and all of a sudden it's bothering them. Uh, we should put in something for Midnight at uh, on Monday uh, that we've changed formats. <laughs> Chad, don't listen to this. Okay, what? Changed formats to uh, 
libertarian network. Mm, yeah. And we'll, we'll, we'll just have the libertarian debate or something play. Yeah, I think that we should become like the first pro um, Ayatollah of Iran. Uh, we should be the Ayatollah community. AM station in yeah. America. <laughs> I mean, our advertising is not expensive. They might be able to do it. Have a, oh, speaking of advertising, I'll just be the, the proponent of Iran. Yeah, that that's your mission in life, and you do it. You champion it well, my friend. Mm-hmm. They have the best wrestlers. You can tell by their parliamentary fights. Uh huh. They're shooting takedowns. Mm-hmm. They've got defense on it too. So if you are a government official in Iran and you want to accomplish on. If you want to advertise on... Yeah, I'm not sure why you would want to advertise, because all I know is that you guys are good at wrestling. So, oh yeah, they do. Isn't the Iron Sheik from Iran? Yeah. So if you're the Iron Sheik, give us a call, 952-946-8885, and purchase a live ad read on the Mission Accomplishers program. It's a podcast broadcast hybrid, 7 p.m. on Saturdays, and available all over the world, including Iran via podcast. So we'd love to be the voice of your product or cause or country. Yeah, that's actually kind of interesting that you, I'm sure we're available in Iran. Absolutely. You, ever, you know, on Reddit or something when you're communicating with people and then people in Iran are just talking to you? Where I, I think I, in our minds we associate Iran with a, like, other world, otherworldly entity or like the bad guys, you know, kind of like North Korea or something like that. Yeah. Iran uh, has kind of uh, it's lessened its boogeyman factor, like in just uh, public consciousness uh, in the the Republican Party as their targets. It's, it's moved towards really? Venezuela now. Yeah, oh, Iran. Yeah, yeah. You, you don't. You, I don't suspect a war in Iran uh, as much as I used to. Well, the Democrats were going to go after Iran. Yeah, okay. that's their target. The uh, the neos of both. The neocons will go anywhere they can. Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, Iran was trying to get... They were trying to lump that in back in the in the Bush era, too. But uh, it seemed very likely. doesn't seem as likely anymore. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's the same kind of argument is that they're, in whatever way, impeding on the U.S.'s imperialism or just the Western spread of control. Mm-hmm. Through capitalism, and I, you know, Venezuela will be seen nationalizing uh, their industries, which they're the biggest trade partner with the U.S. Mm-hmm. And and then they put up a, a new uh, restriction on trade just recently. Uh, the U.S. I'm sure they have yeah. insane tariffs. And I mean, the same general idea behind both Iran and Venezuela is that the U.S. is trying to impede on them, trying to subvert the global economy going towards the dollar. Mm-hmm. All of this stems from when Venezuela switched to the euro. Yeah. Yeah. And as a result, the U.S. plays handfuls of embargoes and boycotts, um, tariffs on Venezuela, just as it did Iran. Yeah. Con- uh, connecting back to what we were talking about, it seems like the, the American empire is as last days because uh, the, the U.S. dollars, world currency, they're going to try as long as they can to hold on to that. But with like the Bitcoin cryptocurrencies, we could see some other uh, rise in just the standard of currency. Yeah, I guess conceptually, yes. Um, currently, any sort of public ledger, which is the premise of Bitcoin, 
mm-hmm. to function on that level would require way too much computing power. We're already yeah. seeing it as a tremendous waste of energy. That, it's insane how much energy these things require, which I don't understand. You you probably understand it better than I do, but the environmental impact is just bizarre how huge it is. It's enormous. Yeah, it's it's crazy. Yeah. Um, it's just essential. It, so you have a distributed service that is running a public ledger. Uh-huh. So everyone who has Bitcoin can access this and no one can falsify it because it's being kind of organized between every node on the system. Um, if you want to essentially solve a problem for Bitcoin in order to create new blocks, yeah. you have to coordinate with all those other nodes. So but, just the initial co- uh, coordination say, hey, I guess this. Hey, I guess this. Hey, I guess this. Repeat that billions of times. And that's so, going on all day long. But w- why does that require more than just a, a computer, a PC computer? What 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 is required uh, that's taking up so much energy to do that? I mean, it, the kind of, the thing is, the reason why it's secure is because it takes so much energy. It takes so much computing power. Because if you matched it, then you would take control of it. But are these like giant computer? Like? S- uh, some of them are, but usually it's just individuals. Uh, at least that is in theory. Uh, but yeah, there's there's uh, you know server farms in China, things like that. Man, that's heavy. What does Joe Rogan say? I don't know. He's got some slogan that just kind of dismisses when something uh, mildly interesting is said. <laughs> I don't know though. That's a lot, man. Um, I don't know. I watch probably too much Joe Rogan. I still can't think of what he says. I know, and it's I don't wild. watch any. But yeah, something like that. It's wild. Jamie, pull it up for us. Oh, but that's when he actually wants to show someone something. Speaking of that, if you'd like to be Jamie of this show, Mission Accomplishers is looking for interns. I just keep plugging things. <laughs> so if you uh, are interested in a radio internship, we're looking for you. Yeah, I'll give you a sip of my drink if you're here and I make a drink. It's the mm-hmm. first time I've done it, but I might do it again. And you can just leave the mic on and talk to the fellas all you want. We we want your input. Not on the air, though. No. <laughs> you can have pre-recorded sentences that compliment me. Then I can get back to my YouTube and let YouTube talk. <laughs> That's a good show. Just Hunter's interesting YouTube, so you can watch the first 10 seconds of it. And they go, nope, next one. Hey, this is interesting, though. Do you know, um, uh, you know how we're KTNF? Mm-hmm. This radio station. But here in Minnesota, we also have, like, a... QD Teens Forever. WCCO. We have mm-hmm. the K and W call letters, where we... Minnesota and Louisiana are the only two states that have both K and W radio call signs. Uh, because this is a, it's a geographic split, east and west, decided by the Mississippi River. But uh, because Louisiana and Minnesota has the Mississippi run through it, being the start and end. Uh, we We're have the only both, states? We, yeah. We are, uh, otherwise, they determine the borders of the states, the Mississippi River. Um, if you want to see the map right there, KW, uh, but yeah, <laughs> yep. uh, that, I just think that's, uh, cool. Someone pointed that out to me, uh, years ago, someone from, uh, Washington state, 
and I was like, wow, that is interesting because we do have K and W stations. Um, but yeah, you can only find that in Mississippi, in Minnesota and Louisiana. So call back to Louisiana at the beginning of the show. Move over, California. We're coming. We're coming. Well, we, we already took it. We already won. Um, so you're in our dust. People, uh, conservatives want California to uh, secede. So do misguided Californians. Yeah. Well, they could do it successfully. You ever? Uh, what is the um, proposed state along the West Coast? Oh, the, Cas- the Cascades? No, um, Cascadia. And where's that? I think it's uh, proposed to be California, Oregon, and As one uh, state? Washington. Yeah. Like a s- nation state? Kind of like a nation. Like we would form with... Or the- it would be, we would have 47 states. We'd just get rid of more Democrats. Yeah, they would, they would leave us. Okay. So, so then they're like, oh, we have the best states where we can grow legal marijuana. I mean, they could pull it off. I mean, they, they their GDP is larger than most countries in the world already. And adding Oregon and Washington only rises that. Those are two uh, high-producing states. Uh, they would be a successful country on their own. They would. Mm-hmm. But they shouldn't do that. No, they shouldn't. Absolutely not. Screw the rest of us. But how about this? Lawmakers introduced bill granting Puerto Rico statehood. Now, this has been something that uh, has been talked about for a long time. But after... What happened with the hurricane, uh, this could be a much more serious vote. And these are actually uh, United States lawmakers that introduced this bill. Um, however, I believe that the local Puerto Rican government would also have to approve a measure as well, which historically has been a close vote, but has failed. Uh, but like I said, with what happened with the hurricane... And how they were neglected, even though being a part of the United States, uh, that statehood could uh, maybe help in the future in relief efforts and anything that Puerto Rico's trying to do. Maybe. I don't know. Do you think Trump would have reacted better if Puerto Rico was a state? I don't think Trump knew Puerto Rico was a part of America when the hurricane happened, honestly. That's possible. I really don't think he he knew. Like I'm not even trying to dunk on him. I think he just assumed that was yeah. uh, more of a Costa Mexican Rica? country. Yeah. Uh, and so he had to get up to speed on what that even meant and didn't see it as uh, as big of an issue as if it happened to Mar-a-Lago. Yeah. I think if anything happens outside of Mar-a-Lago and maybe a Trump Tower <laughs> or Atlantic City, he's going to ignore it. It's not anything real to him. Yeah. But then again, I don't know, you say lots of your voters live there. Yeah. Uh, And Puerto Rico currently votes in uh, the primaries, the Democratic primary. Hmm. Bernie won in 2016. Uh, But yeah, they... they, How many delegates do they get? uh, Not many. Yeah, I think one or two. Uh, Also, the uh, San Juan mayor, uh, she is going to run for for governor of Puerto Rico, and I'm not, I'm not, I didn't look into what her position is on this on statehood, but she was a, a very vocal voice in challenging Trump and his uh, how he handled the relief after the hurricane. Uh, so uh, I'm, a, I'm a fan of her. She's a cool lady. Yeah, I mean, I so in the past, all I've ever heard from uh, the few Puerto Ricans I've talked to is they don't want statehood. 
Mm-hmm. Because it's, it, it, it's from, split very close, though. Yeah, yeah, it's it's not like a, well, you know, an avalanche. But from their perspective, I think the opponents, at least in the past, thought that it would gain very little while they would mm-hmm. just have increased federal taxes. Yeah, yeah, I, I, that is uh, the main, uh, the primary reason is because they don't have that currently. Uh, so it would change uh, tax wise. Uh, however, they're they're seeing more and more reasons. And I actually almost moved to Puerto Rico right before I got the job here. Literally, like, at yeah. that same time before I started working here, me and my mom signed a lease in Puerto Rico. It's probably dirt cheap real estate. We were plan- it was before the hurricane. Uh, ah. We were planning to move there. And then the hurricane take- took place right around the time I started working here. And it, it, it no longer made sense to go to Puerto Rico, but I was fully planning to move there. Have you and my moved? mom, because she could continue getting Social Security. Hmm. Uh, so this afternoon, uh, I've been trying to watch Fahrenheit 9-11 since we started this show, since it was a Bush era. Michael Moore movie is very culturally significant, the highest grossing documentary of all time, and I'm, I've been a Michael Moore fan for a long time. So I, I haven't seen Fahrenheit 9-11 Yeah, what do you mean you were Bush saying era. you were trying to see it? I just haven't been able to find a way to watch it. Okay, I'll hook you up. Yeah, uh, I actually have some archaic viewing habits. Other than YouTube, I have no way to watch anything, uh, like, internet-wise. I have no Netflix, I have no Hulu. Uh, I only have my phone. I don't have a computer with internet, uh, so very hard to do the pirating sites on the iPhone. It takes more work where I just get content with YouTube. So the way I view things is Redbox, library, acquiring DVDs and VHSs. Uh, very behind, but I've gotten used to it, and I kind of like how I do this. Uh, but that that's not the point. Uh, I couldn't find Fahrenheit 9-11 at the library, but I found the movie Where to Invade Next by Michael Moore. Did you ever see this movie? I did. You did see it? Yes. And what's interesting about it is uh, this was before the... Um, the 2016 elections and before the rise of Bernie Sanders, but very good viewing to imagine the policies that Bernie was is trying to enact in like today's world. It's a perfect example of other places in the world that use pretty much directly Bernie's policies throughout the movie. Some of it's cultural, but a lot of it is just like the uh, college education, uh, healthcare for all. And just seeing examples around the world, uh, and the premise of the movie is Michael Moore is invading these places to take them back, the ideas back to America. Yeah, conceptually, it's kind of like how we invaded the Middle East to take oil, right? Yeah. But we're invading these other places to uh-huh. take what is good about them. But it was it was just fascinating because it kind of an accident that I watched. I was trying to get the other movie, but I'm like, man, this is super relevant to today, and especially, like, People in the in the progressive movement, people are part of the left wing of the Democratic Party, fans of Bernie, AOC, social democracy, democratic socialism, all these things. This is a fantastic movie to watch to see these policies in action. Yeah, I would say that I was less in favor of this movie. Um, as, as, more from, as always. Yeah. Well, no, I, I liked uh, Fahrenheit 11.9. Mm-hmm. Um, where to Invade Next felt very uneven 
it didn't I didn't understand the central message of it and it felt uh, kind of dishonest at points. I think it's useful seeing places like it's really interesting seeing uh, how kids in France eat compared to Americans and just knowing your own life and uh, um, just the cultural differences, what's valued and um, uh, the policies attached to those things. Yeah, I'm not saying this completely negative. I just think that it was handled kind of sloppily. And it was one of his smaller films. But I do think... Um, it was not a Bowling for Columbine. No, and that that's the best. Mm -hmm. I, I would have to say so, yeah. That Bowling for Columbine is fantastic. And, uh, uh, yeah, I don't think Fahrenheit 9-11 lives up to Bowling for Columbine. But I do recommend checking out Where to Invade Next if you haven't seen it or are interested in these things and make up your own mind on it. I, I do think it is worth watching. Another criticism of Fahrenheit, or I guess Michael Moore of Fahrenheit 11.9. Mm -hmm. It felt like a sequel to Fahrenheit 9.11, but also a sequel to Bowling for Columbine. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Which I feel like those... Trying been, to play the greatest hits. Yeah, they could have been two separate films. Because I feel like there's enough material for both of those things. And it, it, it flopped, uh, Fahrenheit 11. It still made money, so I guess it's not a flop, considering it's a documentary, but that it's a Michael Moore documentary with wide release... Yeah, it I heard flopped. almost nothing about it in the mainstream media. Yeah, and I wonder why that is, because Trump is such a big topic in the mainstream media uh, that you'd think it would outperform a Bush movie, because... Maybe it's, like, a lot of the criticisms were not levied at Trump. Yeah. They were somewhat levied at uh, the Democratic Demo Party and their and failures that, to adjust. That might have been why it didn't pick up as much traction, people afraid to do that but it does show it, one of my favorite parts of it is showing uh the clip of barack obama going to flint michigan and saying the water yes. is safe to drink yes and he can't even take a sip yeah like these oh. kids are chugging down poison day long you can take a little sip and then go throw up in the bathroom dude yeah he keeps yeah. his lips entirely like he had another camera from the side right mm -hmm. just keeps his lips entirely pursed and touches the water to his lips and puts it down yeah, I know, and Flint still doesn't have proper drinking water. And uh, just a reminder, too, the uh, automotive plant does. Yeah. Because they know that it corrodes the cars. The Coca-Cola factory mm -hmm. does. But you can't let, you know, little kids inside, so that's okay. All right, I think we're out of time. Oh, really? Yeah. As always, remember, prosecute the Bush administration for war crimes. We're coming for you, bastards. Whether long-range weapon or suicide bomb, a wicked mind is a weapon of mass destruction. Whether you're solar wave sun or BBC One, this information is a weapon of mass destruction. You could have Caucasian or a poor Asian. Racism is a weapon of mass destruction. Whether inflation or globalization, fear is a weapon of mass destruction. My dad came into my room holding his hat. I knew he was leaving. He sat on my bed, told me some facts, son. I have a duty calling on me. Should someone have to have a government-issued license to drive a car? Hell no! What's next? Requiring a license to make toast in your own damn toaster? The license to drive? You know, I'd like to see some competency exhibited by people before they drive.